Is that a thing in we? we? Yeah. Oh. You get bullet bill and the... he'll take you right to the front. That's bullshit. Not to the front. He'll take front. you like you run for like shell. you run for like uh I think there's like an algorithm of like depending on like how, how far, far back you are, you, are, you run like, for so far. But if you really far back, it'll bring you up next to people. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not like hopeless. That's nice of them, but also, don't say that that's bullshit. Everything in Mario Kart is bullshit. <laughs> well, that's fair. But I'm just saying, like, the blue shell, that was mean and dirty. But they had, a, like, it didn't automatically put you on par. Like, you had to still work for it. I'm just saying, in my generation, we had to work for what we got. <laughs> Uphill in the snow both ways. <laughs> exactly. tell you that's your job welcome to make believe money i'm liz i'm damon i'm dan what are we talking about dan we're gonna talk about monopoly oh great uh we don't have a really hard question to answer but i was basically just told hey monopoly's a board game let's talk about that and also monopolies in the real world this is because i don't understand monopolies very well that's like i get the idea but then i'm like whenever a monopoly i think happens in real life people are like no no no, that's fine and i'm like wait 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 well, How's then good. This will be a and a I'll, I'll do the basic description, then you can ask me, and I'll probably... Th- let me kind of paraphrase my answer in advance. The government's broken. <sighs> huh. Have okay. you been listening to our podcast lately? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, but yeah. So thanks, I, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Rate and review us on iTunes. Good night, everyone. <laughs> no, uh, so I have some stuff about Monopoly. That's basically the uh, idea. Great. Uh, do you want to summarize the, the plot? plot? <laughs> yes. Uh, Monopoly... So again, we're all board game nerds. I think we said that when we did our Catan version. And I feel like it says a lot about us that we started with Settlers of Catan and not Monopoly. Right. Uh, oh, no, we started with Life. That's true. That was our first But I don't know game. how much of the uh, uh, cold open we'll get in there, but all we know a lot about <laughs> board games. So, um, so personally, this is a bad game. There's like so many, 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 many better games. And this is just rolling die. There's no, I mean, there's strategy. But yeah. There's not really. Well, I mean, it's strategy or uh, how much do you hate playing games with your grandma? Do you it, ever want to do it again? That's fair. It was not designed to be fun, though. No, it no. was not. Like, and objective nailed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Good work. Lady. It is not fun. <laughs> Uh, do you want to do that part or? I mean, so yeah, I mean, I guess, are you talking plot or rating? Or the history. No, I'm talking about the history of the game, which I think is as close to plot as you can really get with Monopoly. Yeah. Why don't you do that then? Okay. We talk uh, about like so rules, but. I will not, I do not know her name off the top of my head, but there was a. A woman in woman. history whose name wasn't publicized very well? Shock! Anyway, not your fault. Yeah, I know. Uh, I wasn't there. It was like 150 years ago. Uh, but no, there was this woman uh, who was this, um, she identified as what was called a Georgist, which is like a economic philosophy that is like a liberal libertarian, which is basically that like we collectively own like shared resources and... Uh, we should benefit from like the utilization of them collectively. She really hated capitalism. Okay. 
Um, when you said so, liberal libertarian, it gave me this like weird spiral in my head of like, I usually can tell pretty well what a person will be like on the internet, but a liberal libertarian, I got yeah, nothing. That's a new <laughs> word for me. Well, yeah, it's like she, that I don't think that that's at all like the proper way to, to phrase it, but it's pretty much like they think that like collectively humans own things together. Like if socialism, it, it's okay. not, it's not just like socialism because it is like, once you get like your portion of the resource, like you can then take it and like do whatever you want with it to like create something that's of greater value than the raw material. Like, and then like, that's yours. It's not the States. You oh, know? Okay. So like, yeah, so it's not like everybody owns the oil companies that's taking out all the oil. You own one quadrillionth of the oil and it's yours to do with what you will. I feel yeah. like that's uh socialism that makes more sense. Yeah. I might be a Georgist. But <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our Georgist podcast. But uh as a tool for teaching people how shitty uh capitalism is, she invented what was originally called the landlord's game. Right. Where you went around, tried to buy up as much property as possible and then extort your friends for it. For right. use of that property. Which is what I'm very great at doing when we play this game for real. Uh doesn't keep friends. <laughs> yeah. And then Parker Brothers stole it from her, changed the name, made the rules a little more fun. Palatable? Yeah. <laughs> um, qu- quotation marks. Uh, and then sold it as a board game that uh, they've made a bunch of money off of. So capitalism so. one, Georgia zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying they're not winning. I'm just saying they're not right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no one is right, and they're winning. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the history of it. I think most people know you go around a board, you buy things. The properties are all them. Atlantic City or like New Jersey? They are, the streets are streets from Atlantic City. That's what I thought. Yeah. You buy stuff. When people land on your stuff, they have to pay you to be there, basically. And you're trying to drive people out of business and own as much as you can. <sighs> it's not a very good board game. It's also stressful. In terms of it writing, works better when you actually use all the rules. I about to say there are right. rules like if you don't buy it, it goes up for auction and things that people never do that make it a go much faster. Uh, yeah. it, sh- it should be played in like an hour, uh, hour and fifteen if you're playing it very quickly. If you're playing yeah. it by all the rules, and it also makes it slightly—I don't want to say slightly more fun. I guess slightly more fun. Well, it's it just like does. it makes it more orderly. Like, yeah. You know, and you're like, you're not stuck in those like weird meta conversations. Like, are we playing this way or are we playing that way? Right. Like, well, and the other thing, like a lot of people put their community cash and all that sort of penalty money in the middle. And then when you land on certain squares, you get it. Like if you land on, uh, I think it's get out of jail or something, you get it, which yeah. is puts more money in a system that is supposed to make people have to sell off their properties when they run out of money. So it makes, makes the, game the game last longer. way longer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and hmm. if you're my parents and you're playing with my little sister and me, they stack the deck so that my little sister loses quickest. <laughs> and then we just finish the game. <laughs> no, no, no. They, w- I'm sorry. They would stack the deck so she would win, and that would infuriate me. But that's how they stopped playing board games when they were bored. Uh, they did it with Candyland, too. They would figure out the shortest route possible and then stack the deck so we would pull out the Candyland squares that we would need to get to the end in, like, three moves. I think that's literally just how you play Candyland, though. No, you're supposed to shuffle it. <laughs> it's supposed to be random. Mom, why? Uh, so, ratings. Who would like to go first? We're all sevens. Let's move on. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a very Georgist opinion of yours. <laughs> We're all sevens, but everyone owns a little bit of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't go first. 
<laughs> okay. Um, I would actually probably say like a seven. Like I played a bunch when I was a kid poorly. Um, I like everyone else read the mental floss article where they said like, Hey, you've been playing uh, monopoly wrong. And then I got the, uh, an iPad version that makes you play the proper way. And it goes and so fast, it goes so fast. And it is, I would dare to say can be fun. It can be fun. It's if a nice way to pass time on the train. That's how Damon feels about most games though. They can be fun if you win. <laughs> Uh, she's not a sore loser. I'm just an ungracious winner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's a sore winner. Somehow yeah. it's more charming. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to give myself a seven. That feels really high to me actually, because I used to play this. We would do shows in high school and, uh, during tech week through the run of the show, we would break out a, a monopoly board and then play it the meanest way possible. Like there's literally a boy that like, there's other reasons, but primarily we don't talk to him anymore because of how ruthless he was at Monopoly. And he doesn't, it wasn't even like he won. He just slowed the game to a crawl and no one could get past his like, the trick was we allowed ourselves to form conglomerates and you should not do that. No, that's not how it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bad choice. It does make a game last for six weeks. So if that's what you're looking for, <laughs> enjoy. Uh, but I, and then I only recently learned how to play the game like for real, uh, when Damon bought that app. So like, I'm going to give myself like a five, probably tops tops. Mostly. I just remember a lot of like, cold feelings <laughs> i'll shoot the middle i'll go six pretty okay. much everything damon said except i never owned the app but i have played it many times by its original rules i don't actually it is more fun that way my biggest problem with it is there's very little skill oh yeah oh, i yeah. like games where the decisions you make determine if you win or lose pretty much how you roll the die in this one yeah it's not even a very good game of chance right because right. there's like squares that come up the most that you should aim for that's why you stack the die yeah, stack the die. You get way to die. <laughs> so I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about actual Monopoly. But this episode is going to be very short. If you're going to play, let's play to win. Great. Buy everything. Orange is the best. Uh huh. Get Monopolies. Immediately start putting houses on your Monopoly. Specifically, get three houses because three is when it gets exponentially bigger. Okay. If you want to, you can eventually get four, but never buy hotels. Oh, really? Because there's a limited amount of houses. So if you buy a hotel, you put four houses back in the thing mm. for other people to use. No, you buy four, three to four houses, and then you sit on them so that they can't upgrade the number of houses they have. That's how I imagine I'll live my life in middle age. I'll buy three to four houses and sit on them. <laughs> Early in the game, immediately pay to get out of jail because everybody's buying. Late in the game, go to jail and stay there. Oh, yeah, because then you, you don't have to... you still collect rents, but you don't have to pay them. That's how you win Monopoly. It's that simple. <laughs> That's like, you just explained to everyone how to solve a Rubik's Cube. Say, like... You just said this game has no skill, and then you laid out, like... Skills. <laughs> the one strategy for... Well, like... but again, there's no skill there. That's if true. you land on the things and you can do that, that's how you win. But if you don't... Well, you can you negotiate. It's almost yeah. like... Your success depends on the level of privilege that you receive by, by you no virtue first. of your own accomplishments. Boy, Weird. we're really on a privilege train for these three episodes, huh? I think it just, you know, it revolves so heavily through our lives. Yeah. Um, Something we can all stand to think a little more about. Let's just take some time. A moment of silence to think about privilege. Life is hard. I'm gonna edit that out because I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be listening. I'm gonna forget that you said that. I said a moment of silence. You're not allowed to edit anymore. Take rid of it. That's what I said. 
So, real life. Real life. I imagine monopolies in real life are nothing about buying up a whole street. They are not. Because that seems like nothing to do with each other. Correct. Monopolies are, in real life, owning all of an industry, basically. Yeah. The production or the sale of or something. You basically, you're the only person someone can go through to get the thing that you're selling. Because capitalism's whole thing is competition, right? Yes. And we'll talk about some of the bad things that happen if that doesn't happen. But there are actually two types of monopolies. Go on. There's coercive monopolies. Which is how I play the game. (laughs) Well, coercive monopolies are the quote-unquote bad monopoly. This is when you have total control over a thing somebody has to use. Oh. So if you control like the internet, oh, like net neutrality. Yeah. Well, there you go. But I mean, but in seriously, in all seriousness, if you control all of the internet, or you control all of the steel production, or all of the gasoline, like that's Mm. something people have to use, and so you can gouge prices in a way that hurts everyone. So those are bad monopolies. I mean, you could argue all monopolies are bad, and we'll talk about why. But there's also non-coercive monopolies, which are things that there are substitutes for. So you don't technically have unlimited power because if you eventually raised your prices so high, people would either just stop using it or go use something else. So like Amazon? Uh, yeah, that's not a bad one. Uh, Microsoft actually went through a uh, monopoly actual trial Whoa. not too, too long ago, and it was considered non-coercive, wherein... It's dominant. It was at the time dominant. This is back, I think, like ten years ago when there was very little Linux and very little, you know, Apple operating system, whatever. Sure. But technically, there were other options. You didn't have to use it, so it wasn't coercive. So it wasn't like Microsoft was never broken up because of it, even though they were technically ruled, I believe, a monopoly. Okay. Um, this is maybe off topic and tangential, but it made me think of, um, and I think it's only recently been repealed, at least in Illinois, uh, for a very long time, there was a luxury tax on women's hygiene goods, like pads and tampons. That makes me think it's like a similar situation where like, I have to use those. Yes, but no. Okay. Um, couple of pieces in there. Good question. But you could cut and braid your own hair into one. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. You know for what they recommend? They believe uh, money. Uh, as an emergency tampon, people recommend that you roll up um, toilet paper like very tightly. But that no, to me, phrase right? Uh, well, one yes, and then two. Like I don't know if you've ever been in a public restroom, but you know what the toilet paper there is like. I don't think the whole roll would be enough of a tampon. <laughs> Elizabeth, that's why it's called. An emergency situation. That's true. <laughs> um, Nobody has ideal circumstances in an emergency. I'm just saying, like, that doesn't cut it for period day two. All right. Can I it's talk a dude centric monop- podcast. Everybody should just know. <laughs> Can I talk about monopolies now, yeah. please? Uh, yeah, so good question, though. That is not a monopoly because you can buy those products from a number of different people, and the okay. government is not subject to monopoly. Regulations. Because ideally you should only have one. Government? (laughs) You should only have the one government. Uh, There can only be one, like Highlander. I would not Um, like to pick between my governments. But like, in all seriousness, like, if a government provides a service, you don't expect there to be competition, right? So a tax levied by a government does not qualify. It can be illegal for other reasons, um, 
and that would probably has been and maybe was repealed because of challenges based on like diversity and inclusion and other yeah, I was gonna like, say gender uh, discrimination and other like legal precedents that make that not okay. It is taken way too long. I'm not arguing that, but I'm just saying like there's other legal grounds that that would have to stand upon that it probably can't if you look at it, but it's not a monopoly issue because it's not like we have two navies. Gotcha. Right? The government has... <laughs> there's the military one and then there's the old one. <laughs> Are you talking about the Coast Guard? No, no I'm talking, talking about, about the, the military and old navy. <laughs> <laughs> I was not there. You got the I'm old so one sorry. and your regular Navy. Yeah, no. Um, so, these used to exist. Uh, we didn't have any laws on the books against these until the late, like... Turn of the century. 1890s, kinda, yeah. early 1900s. Is it just because it didn't come up? Uh, it partially didn't come up. Partially there was less government regulation. And we also started to realize how unfair they were. Um, because let me tell you some names of maybe some people who had monopolies. We'll see if you've heard of them. Carnegie. Oh, there we go. Rockefeller. Ah. Any of these ringing any bells? Never heard of them. Uh, yeah, so I mean... <laughs> I've been to a library. <laughs> <laughs> so Carnegie controlled, had U.S. Steel, which controlled something like 80 or 90 or more percent of the U.S. Steel market. Yeah. Uh, Rockefeller had the oil market, basically 100% of it. So, like, these people made the kind of unbelievably stupid money that they had. And I mean, like, yes, we have people with unbelievably stupid money now, but by standards of the time, like, not to those extents, right? Or maybe we're just less generous, or both. But the point is, like, <laughs> we realize, like, this doesn't work, really. And so now the government is allowed to break up monopolies. Uh-huh. However, they don't always. AT&T wasn't broken up as a monopoly until the 1980s. It used to be much, much, much bigger. And they didn't break it up as a monopoly, I think, until 82? I don't actually have it in my notes, but it was the 80s. Whoa. Because there are pros and cons to monopolies. There's more cons, but there are some pros. Go on. See, this is what I know nothing about. Monopolies just seem blanket bad. And in general, they are, but... They can be good, especially in things like actually Standard Oil or in AT&T's case, because they can take on big, costly projects that you wouldn't do as a bunch of disparate companies. Mm. So Standard Oil, for example, laid down a bunch of our pipelines that we transport oil in, and no individual company would have been big enough or like willing to do that. And when we used to have a bunch of different ones, they would build a bunch of really shitty, leaky oil pipes because they couldn't afford the really good ones. They didn't have the standard technology, whatever. So AT&T did the same thing. They laid a lot of internet and phone cable across the U.S. and were willing to go out to very remote places that any individual company wouldn't be profitable for. Whoa. So they let them do major infrastructure projects like that to... Because they can afford it, basically. Which is why, like, if you look at government, will sometimes do major infrastructure projects that would never, like, economically be worth it if they weren't doing it for the public good sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah. So monopolies will sometimes do that sort of thing. Huh. Okay. Yeah, in my head, I was like, why don't they just team up and do it together? And I'm like, I know why. <laughs> Nobody wants to help the other person. Right. Like, the other person's company. Right. So, yeah, they won't. And you're trying, if you're trying to, I mean, competition is good in some ways, lowers prices for consumers, but if that comes from building a cheap pipeline that spills millions of gallons of oil because you built it on the cheap, 
it's almost better to have the Monopoly. <sighs> yeah. So tell me about the bad things. That being said, <laughs> there's cons. Um, one, they can price gouge. Yeah. Not that it good that they did this, but uh, American Tobacco was a monopoly that was broken up early in the 1900s, and the big reason was because they were charging more than they needed to, but there was nobody else making cigarettes, basically. So, <laughs> Nowadays, yeah. you can charge more than you'd want to, but yeah. it's because they don't Taxes. want you to smoke yeah. anymore. <laughs> well, and literally, that was like when cigarettes used to cure hysteria sort of thing. So, like, <laughs> it was like, a, it was a thing people, like, the government was like, how dare you take away our precious tobacco medicine by charging more? <laughs> I'm not kidding. That was a thing. No, I know. I will tell you what they thought cured hysteria, and it certainly wasn't cigarettes. <laughs> no, that's true. But the cigarettes came after. No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another big negative is they're less innovative. Yeah. Right? Why make your product better if no one is going to jump ship to product two? Right? Yeah. That was one of the complaints with Microsoft, potentially. It's like, why make Microsoft better if there is no Apple, there is no Linux, there is no other option? Right? Yeah. Uh, two options, end of list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the big ones that I actually think may be a problem right now. So there's monopolies, which is one company controls the market. There's also what's called uh, oligopolies, which is like a f- small number, three, four, five companies are in the market. And I think I think that happens a lot right now in the U.S. And I think it is still concentrated enough that's causing this next problem, which is it pushes down wages. Yeah. Right? If there is only four or five big employers in especially in your industry and they all don't want to pay you well what are you going to do that's exactly what's happening for like amazon employees right and then they're getting like breaks from the government to like move into cities on top of it i mean walmart a lot of walmart employees are in public assistance yeah on the side so they have whole classes to teach their employees how to get on like public assistance benefits and like wow or pay them i don't know so, I mean, if you think about it, and admittedly, this is an in-demand skill, but hey, guess what? Silicon Valley, people get paid really, really, really well. It's probably not a coincidence that there are dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of companies fighting for the best talent. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, the more competition you have for talent, which is why I think is one of the reasons that, like, the labor market's really tight right now. There's record low unemployment. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> For those of you, I know it's no longer his tenure. Those things take a long time to change the direction of the ship. Yeah, I was just going to say, don't give any kind of credit to any current people. I mean, they haven't it, fucked it up, but like yet. it does take a while to change the direction of a ship. So right, right now, I'm going to say, if it's still this way in three years, then I'll change my tune. But anyway. Sure. Um, but the point is, record unemployment, record low unemployment, you should think then people are leaving jobs and demanding a lot more money because there's not enough people for the jobs, right? Yeah. That has not happened. We have not seen the amount of wage increase you would expect for the amount of jobs we have. Ugh. I think this is partial. People, people keep saying, oh, that'll happen, that'll happen. There's a, like a delay. I think part of it may be if no one's going to offer it to you because there's only a couple of big employers, what are you going to do? Wow. What do you think is the like, how does that end? It's a couple of ways it can end, right? Um, the government can break up big companies. That's what it used to do. Um, but we just got a record merger approved in the communications industry, AT&T and um, Time Warner. Time Warner, yeah. So, like, that doesn't seem to be the way the government's going. Um, so that's one option. Two is capitalism solves it on its own, right? Enough startups come into the picture. Oh. And, we, you know, it's too expensive to hire talent in Silicon Valley, so 
suddenly there's a bunch of startups in Chicago because it's cheaper to start here and a bunch of a bunch of ones in New York and a bunch of ones in, in Orlando and whatever. And eventually these new companies, because they're smaller and they innovate and they need to pay to get the best talent, like wages go up because of that. Now that's going back to privilege tends to be jobs that are A, in urban areas, and B, for highly technically skilled people, so right. it doesn't help a lot of areas, yeah. but it helps some. Uh, or three, and this is very doom and gloom, but, or three, generation after generation starts living shittier lives than the people in front of them, and eventually people can't take it, and, you know, we have like a... We eat, eat the rich. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we bring back the guillotine. I yeah, don't know. exactly. <laughs> we have some sort of um, shake-up. <laughs> a little mix up here or there. <laughs> how dramatic it is, it depends on the, the time and the civilization. So, but powdered wigs and pitchforks is what yeah, I'm thinking. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, people's heads winds up in baskets. Uh, you know, I'm not you know, going to hold my breath on any of them. But the last time that we did that, we got the metric system. So, not the last time, but like... <laughs> <laughs> I was like we've done it since, to be yeah. clear. But it did, the metric system sprang out of that, correct? Yeah. All right, let's um, do that. And there's some possibility that there's some combination of all three, right? There's a bunch... Eat a few rich people, <laughs> and then Just the, the benefits will ones. trickle down. No, yeah. like, there is some major civil unrest, which prompts politicians to break up big companies, which leaves room for new, smaller companies to come in who hire a bunch of people and have to fight for the best talent and pay people more, right? So, like, that's what... I mean, if you really think about it, civilization, this is going to sound very grim, civilization is always crumbling, but, like, to make things, in theory, different and or better. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, I feel like we do Civilization a little, like... was crumbling when women got the right to vote, right? But that was a good thing, right? The... Is it? I don't know. <laughs> Remains to We're be seen. We're still seeing it play out. <laughs> yeah, but you get what I'm saying, right? It's yeah. like, when people get up in arms, the government changes, then, then things change because of it. So, like, in theory, it doesn't have to be a full meltdown, eat the rich. Right. But, no, maybe it's it's been a while. Maybe it's time to eat the rich. I don't know, man. I'm not saying I'm opposed. But let's draw the clear line because we're all in this room very privileged. I was going to say. Certain <laughs> rich, but not all the rich. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Globally, we are the 1%. So right. like, <laughs> if you basically, if you live in America, uh, you're in the top If you like have like two pair of pants, percent. you're the 1%. Yeah, like, so. That's very sad. Isn't it? Like, I do feel a certain amount of privilege as a person that I am in the world. But like, if I'm the top, ooh, I'm the sorry. Coliseum. I'm the Coliseum. Everybody else. I feel real bad for everyone else. Yeah, my life doesn't seem good enough to be that high up. Yeah, but like, I also it's know good. it is. I'm having a great time and things are good, but like if I'm the top, that's very sad. I also want cake. Yeah. Like. I would love to eat the cake too. Yeah. Um the other negative that I don't know how much like I don't know how much research there is for this one, but I, I've seen it a couple of places and I think the argument could be made, which is, I wonder if in this day and age, because this is this would be a new thing, right? This has never existed before. If it is keeping developing countries from developing, because mm. like fifty years ago, a hundred years ago, a big company in the U.S. would be a big company in the U.S., but it would be not really able to get to other areas. Maybe you sold into Canada, maybe to Mexico. Now, though, we have a small enough world with big enough companies. It's not like the South African company that does steel and the... Well, steel's a bad example because that's a natural resource. But mm -hmm. the uh, South African Facebook and the U.S. Facebook meet and fight to decide who's going to be the Facebook, right? If we, I'm the Facebook. Right, but I mean, I'm just saying, if it's already developed here, it just expands to other places before anything 
gets off the ground. Place it. Yeah. And so there's no <sighs> chance of anything developing in an in another nation potentially, and or in, at least in a developing, it comes in from a bigger, more developed nation. And so, therefore, there's not big companies there that are paying taxes and that are hiring employees at a very high salary and everything else. So it's just like it it kind of keeps them at like smaller local business levels. Yeah. But local businesses are important, man. No, they are. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong with them. I'm just saying for tax revenue sake and for really high. I mean, if you think about it, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, those people didn't make their money. Warren Buffett by being local business owners. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You can live a great life. But. It's good for a nation overall to occasionally have major company success stories, and you either don't get them or you get them state-sponsored, which is a whole host of problems, because that's why our government and most governments are bad at what they do. A lot of the things that they are doing, they are monopolies in, so there's no competition, there's no need to innovate, there's no nothing, right? Well, that sucks. That is a bummer. <laughs> But I did have a fun game we could play to end this one. Okay. Is it Monopoly? It's Monopoly. Everybody no. get out your... This uh, is not no. a fun game. <laughs> no. Um, I was thinking, what do you think are Monopolies in the U.S.? Because okay. they say there isn't any, but like I think there is. Okay. I feel like we were getting towards Monopolies with bookstores for a while. And I sort of feel like we're getting, we're still heading that way because I feel like the only place you can buy that you do buy books is either a local bookstore or Amazon. You could actually argue Amazon is close to a monopoly in online retail. In online retail, just yeah. in general. Absolutely. Certainly in books. Because I think like housewares, you, oh, the bug's back. <laughs> um, in housewares, you have like, I don't know, like Target and Walmart and things like that, which are in and of themselves maybe too big. Uh, but for books it feels like especially here's my thing audiobooks there are like three teeny 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 tiny companies who compete with audible but audible is owned by amazon and is like the only place you can really get audiobooks that's uh, not podcasts, like a cd for that matter actually podcasts almost always goes through itunes yeah and if you don't Even you don't the get the catchers get them through itunes exactly yeah. unless it's like stitcher which isn't as big or like tune in, which also isn't as big. Yeah, so maybe it's not a monopoly, but an oligop- uh, oligopoly for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Would like something like Johnson Johnson count where it is? Oh yeah, it's probably closer than most people think because they own a lot of the same like different branded things on that shelf. Yeah, and like Unilever. Yeah, I'd about to say I'm not sure it's a monopoly though because there are some competitors. Again, probably. I mean, I honestly think. And there's the illusion of competition because it's, you know, we have five different things just to make sure that you buy the thing. We don't have to price gouge you because we're just going to make sure that we get your money at every price point. Right. We've got the cheap thing to the luxury thing. Yep. Ugh, that makes me feel gross too. Comcast. Uh, Comcast. I think a lot of, there's a lot of local, if not even national, monopolies in internet providers. Which yeah. is why um, net neutrality was so important to keep. Yep, because half of your buildings are wired for only one provider. So in theory, there's competition, but there's not really. There's a yeah. website um, that you can check to see who all provides internet to you. And there are there's a list of like, I think it's like 20 internet providers who uh, wrote a letter of protest to the FCC to be like, hey, we need net neutrality. And... They are so niche. It's like you're never going to find them. 
our building, I think, here, we could have RCN, we could have Comcast, and I think there's like two other things. Oh, wow. Actually, which is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of places, well, when the RCN guy came in here to hook it up, he was like, I'm pretty sure your building is com. He was like, it's Comcastic. And I was like, never say that to me again. <laughs> uh, but he was like, oh no, you got an RCN hookup in here too. And I'm like, cool. But I moved in here and wanted to get AT&T, which is another one I think does provide to this building. But it was going to take eight weeks to get internet here. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but you kind of need internet now to do thing. things. It's just like, that's real sad. Internet's sad. <laughs> Facebook's another one. Yes. Yeah. For sure. There's other social medias, but like, not in the same scale. No, and Facebook owns Instagram too. Yep. And I think was angling to own Snapchat. Snapchat know. like famously like stayed independent. Like they refused the offer to be purchased. Yeah. Oh, good. It's like $3 yeah. billion. Dollars. And I remember me and AJ being like, no, we would have taken that money. <laughs> I would have taken it. Taken it so hard. <laughs> um, uh, moved to the Maldives. Called it a day. <laughs> well, Facebook bought WhatsApp. Oh, um, yeah. Which was the one that was supposed to be all about security and promised two things. They would never put ads on it and that they would like keep it super secure and the founders of whatsapp just left facebook because they're probably going to put ads on it and not keep it secure <sighs> on one hand i feel bad for well they became billionaires so i don't feel so bad i don't for feel them. too bad but on one hand i feel bad for them because i'm like oh you know they promised you this on the other hand i'm like your children right the, what are you gonna do they're just gonna buy it for like a billion dollars and then never make money on it come on yeah. right they're a business so i don't know uh, I get it and I don't get it and I also feel real bad for all the people who are relying on WhatsApp for a uh, concrete way to talk to people in a secure manner. True. There's some other Except ones that have the been terrorists. popping up though. <laughs> yeah. So like you'll find something else. Um, I just heard of another one. I don't remember what it was but yeah. And eventually what will happen is Facebook will do that and the next owner will learn and be like no. No. Yeah. Either because on principle or because they're like yeah, I can't make two billion but if I don't sell this and I'm the biggest one in the market, I can make a couple hundred million and that'll be just fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think the stuff that's been happening with Facebook recently would lead to, uh, like it getting broken apart or this? If our Congress people understood what was happening with it. I'm about to say, when they're too we have 65-year-old men trying to regulate an internet company. So, A, no, um, because they don't understand what's happening. And B, no, because... In general, Republican administrations tend to be more more business-friendly, I guess is what they call it. Definitely less um, regulation-focused. Right, less so concerned you could argue, with consumer protection. Yeah, some, some people say call that business-friendly. There are some regulation are good for business. It depends, but that's, that's a philosophical point. The point is they tend to be less like we're going to break things up or limit what you can do. Yeah. Well. Or ask you to pay a fair amount. Or, you know, existing. <sighs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of any other good ones. Well, there's only like six companies, so. Right. Yeah. I think we've listed well, well, like the big one that we were all just concerned about was um, uh, Disney uh, trying to purchase um, Fox Searchlight. Or, yeah, oh, Fox yeah. Searchlight, yeah. Well, because yeah. they already Comcast have Marvel and, and uh, Lucasfilm. Yeah. So, like, you know, if they swoop up Fox, like, that's basically, like, it's not the entire, like, movie industry, but it's... It's all the stuff making the most money right yeah, now. Yeah, it's all, like, the, you know, uh, Temple, Blockbuster, uh, 
IPs, you know, which is like another problem I think that contributes a lot to this creatively at least is when you pair a monopoly with uh, copyright laws yeah. that have been ballooning over the last century. Thanks, Disney. Yeah. Sinclair Media, which not many people know the actual name, but they own something like 80% of, especially like small local news channels, yes. and a lot of times mm-hmm. more than that. Like, yeah, so they own a lot of the new, like more than they should have of the news process, of the journalistic process. They got called out recently for making local newscasters read a statement. Was that about net neutrality? No, it was, I don't remember what it was about, but it was like a very conservative statement they made a bunch of people read. Yeah. I think about maybe things oh, fake, about fake, fake news, news or something. Yeah. yeah. About like basically denouncing out, themselves. Yeah. Calling themselves out as fake news or calling somebody or other people out as fake news. It was something like that. I don't remember the exact statement. It's been a minute, but yes, that was them. Yeah, that was And it was like a lot, <laughs> a lot of stations and a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Airlines are probably an oligopoly. I have a ton of options there. Yeah. Yeah, and once one changes what their pricing is, the rest of them follow suit. Yeah, although, <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes that's um, they're all changing at the same time because oil prices changed and they're oh. all like hedged in the same time period. So like they all have to shift up or down. Yeah, like there was a time, um, pretty famously, Southwest hedged like way further ahead than anybody else, and they hedged at a really good price. So like one of the reasons, and they're still cheaper in a lot of cases, but. One of the reasons they were cheap for a while is they like had super cheap fuel costs compared to everybody else oh. for a bit, but I think that has since expired. Is that just because they were like flying domestically mostly, or like why would that be? They their model, if I'm correct in remembering this, I think it's diversified a lot recently. But like when they were newer and like making making a lot of money because they were able to operate so cheaply is because they had one type of airplane that they were upkeeping. So like they oh. only had to train their tech, like their engineers and technicians to, to, to do one. fix that. Like, mm-hmm. and they, um, they would stick to domestic flights. They had like very, they flew out of secondary airports. So you pay a fee to own a gate. Sure. At airports. So if you fly out of a secondary airport a little further out, it's cheaper. That's why Ryanair is so cheap in Europe. Oh, I was going to say. And that's fly out of like the airports that are like an hour outside of the main cities. Yeah, right. Yeah. And why Southwest is like only in Midway. Right. Um, but here's a fun secret about the airline industry for you. For me. None of that stuff matters. It's about how cheap you can get your oil. Uh. The most important person in an airline company. So when I say hedge, you can buy oil future oil at current day prices yeah that's a thing like forever stamps kind of yeah actually and you can do that with a lot of different commodities but basically so most people buy it some amount ahead or they don't if they think oil prices are going to go up or down it's kind of a tangent but so southwest for a while bought it at a price very far into the future and everybody else was like well we don't know where oil prices are going to go so we're only going to buy a little bit in the future and then they turned out to be right oil prices went up Oh. So they basically could fill up their planes. Like it's like doing a taxi service where your gas costs a dollar and everybody else it costs five. Oh. Of oh. course you're gonna be able to offer it cheaper because your biggest cost is gas and it's much cheaper. Right. So really the most important person in a lot of uh, airline companies is the person who runs their oil hedging operation, basically. Whatever Saudi Arabian prince you're talking to? Well, no, the <laughs> company the person who analyzes oh, where sure. they think oil is gonna do and makes that decision. Um, but that then. Is, well, 
that is something that U.S. and other and people in Europe specifically have had a lot of problems with is like Qatar Air and some of those other um, Middle Eastern airlines because their big complaint is that they get either subsidized directly by the government or they get to buy oil much cheaper than they do from their governments and therefore are subsidized. And there's been a lot of like World Trade Organization lawsuits back and forth about whether those they're doing legal operations when they are undercutting all the prices in Europe. Huh. International trades one will have to do sometimes a very should. interesting thing. Actually, it'd be very relevant if we could find a movie to talk about it with or some sort of fantasy thing with all the tariff stuff going on, but neither here nor there. Catch me if you can. Stop no. breaking the law, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anything now, but I bet there's something. Mission Impossible? I don't know. Star Wars prequels? <laughs> <laughs> they are all about trade. Yeah. Good Lord, they're all about trade. <laughs> Because George uh, Lucas figured out you... what we all wanted to know about <clears throat> international trade relations. And have some racist stereotypes tell us about it. I saw a comic book resource article today that, like, he's given an interview where he's talking about what his original third trilogy was going to be about. And it's basically the plot of Osmosis Jones. <laughs> they go inside Luke Skywalker? Yeah, it's like, it's about... Something, something midichlorian well, going in the bloodstream? It's about the... It was supposed to be exclusively about the Wills and midichlorians and, like, how they basically just, like, utilize sentient beings in order to, like, operate in the world. And that, like, we are, like, Luke Skywalker is just Bill Murray in Osmosis Jones. Oh, <laughs> my God. parasitic organisms that control us all. Yeah. so bad. <laughs> I can't. How could it get worse? <laughs> but I mean, like, that's the most right. There's a lot of thought right now that like your gut bacteria makes up more about like your personality and like who you are than like. Sure. Yeah. But like, I don't want to watch a movie seen about it. Evolution. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when they napalm that cave, the microorganisms organism is what survives. That's all I'm saying. It's true. Yeah. I love that movie very much. She's like, <laughs> Can I get some ice cream? Sure, honey. What flavor? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's for my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again Orlando Jones should be in more things it's true every now and then Damon tweets that and Orlando Jones likes it it's great yeah. <laughs> it's like their little friendship wonderful movie yes I love that stupid movie let's do one about that deal great how much does it cost to buy all that head and shoulders yes <laughs> that would be a good one I just yeah. love that alright um, I think we've clearly wandered our way right off topic here. Yeah, sorry America for this very depressing episode. Uh, you know, maybe one day we'll all eat the rich and things will even out. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening to Make Believe Money. I've been Liz. I've been Damon. I've been Dan. Uh, thanks as always to our composer, Charlesy Miller, for her music. Uh, rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts and or your podcatcher of choice. Speaking of, review contest will be announced next week. Next week. I will have the names. It will have finished in real time, so... Get ready. Someone's getting some money for the charity of their choice, barring Nazis. <laughs> um, uh, email us with your questions or thoughts or hopes and dreams or strategies for making it through the post-apocalyptic hellscape. At make- Recipes for the rich. Recipes for the rich. Uh, I feel like pork is your best bet, right? Like... Pork is not a recipe, right? No, 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 no. no. I mean, like, in terms of you... when you're looking for genre of recipe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Aim for pork. Uh, that's too much. Make be- <laughs> <laughs> Email us at makebelievemoneypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and you know what? Maybe we'll see you next time if the government hasn't shut us down. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> that's too-